This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about me and how these presentations got started. I am the manager at the Circle Community Garden. It is run by the city, and I work for the city for the horticulture department. Part of my job as the community garden manager was to have presentations for the gardeners who never show up here. <laughs> um, but when we had it outside at the gardens, it would rain or my presenters would cancel and stuff like that. So I created the CGEC, which is the Community Garden Education Collaborative. And that was a collaborative between the City of Midland, Master Gardener Association, and Creative 360 to have free gardening presentations so that people could learn about gardening, learn the correct way to garden, and have their questions answered. We were doing really good before the COVID, and now <laughs> we're not so good. But we have MCTV, who is recording all of these and putting it out there so that people can see it. So I'm still fulfilling my job obligation. <laughs> and tonight, we are going to talk about, the title is actually, what is it? the Urban Kitchen Garden. So this is a website I found. I had a total tech meltdown this week. So I'm doing this kind of old school, but I found this website that says almost everything that I need to say. A kitchen garden, who is familiar with kitchen gardens? Right, so yes. So it's not like your typical homestead garden where you have like acres or you have a ton of tomatoes that you can or green beans or all of that. A kitchen garden is usually close to your kitchen, close to your home, so that when you're cooking or you're baking, you go, oh, I need to add that. You can run outside, you can get it, you can bring it in, use it fresh. So that's what a kitchen garden is. And it's also, in French, they call it a, a potager garden. So you'll see different names for it, but basically that's what it is. And it usually has easy things, like herbs, different herbs, so you can just run out and, you know how you want seasonings? Fresh herbs are so much better than the dried. <laughs> so if you can do that, you wanna have the fresh herbs. Um, carrots, radishes, Things that grow in small spaces, lettuces for salads, spinaches, um, 
any leafy greens, kale, things that you would just normally use fresh. And so the urban kitchen garden, a lot of people don't have a house. They don't have ground to plant in. So the urban kitchen garden kind of centers around what you can do with the space that you have. So can I ask you why you came tonight? Um, what kind of space do you have to grow things in? Okay. All right. So this that's a pretty big space. Okay. A lot of people may have a deck, a patio. They might just have a balcony. They might just have a windowsill. And so we're going to go over some of the things that you can do with that and how you need to evaluate the space that you have and evaluate what you can grow in it. So I'm just going to run through my notes and then we'll start going through this and you'll see a lot of repetition. So let's see. Oh, I didn't turn this on. Did I turn on, this on? It's on. Oh, okay. Yep, you're good. Um, so each kitchen or potager garden is as different as the household that it supplies. So you have to decide what you want. What is your favorite food? What is your favorite food? Hot dogs. Well, let's see. What would you have with hot dogs that you could grow? Onion. An onion. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. So you could grow green onions or onions. You could grow tomatoes. Neither one of those take very much room. You could have a pot of potatoes and grow your potatoes. And you can get some fresh potatoes and make your french fries or baked potato chips or something like that. And that would be something that you would grow in your potager garden. So let's see. Uh, let's see. So herbs, veggies, um, chives, parsley, carrots, lettuce, spinach, microgreens is very easy to grow. And that could be considered a kitchen garden. That would actually be in your kitchen on your windowsill if you have the right exposure. Um, so you might have a rooftop, a balcony, patio, deck, or porch. Uh, do you have critters? You have to evaluate if you have chipmunks or squirrels, if you have skunks, rabbits, raccoons, if it's on a balcony, cats. Some cats might get into your garden and so you have to take the correct steps to eliminate that cover it with netting or wire cages or something to protect what you're growing. So let's see, I'm going to save all of that for later. I'm going to come down here since they didn't give me a remote to scroll. Can everyone see kind of more or less? Let me do this. So Read along with me. Um, you could be surprised at how easy it is to grow food in a small space. Me many vegetables only need a gallon container or less to produce a prolific harvest. And if you have enough space for large pots or small pots, you'll be on your way. So they show a bunch of herbs and some lettuces. So you need to find a spot 
Um, front steps, even if you don't have a patio or a big porch, you could put pots on your steps. Uh, decks and balconies, rooftops, window boxes outside your windows. So you need to find out how much sunlight is where you want to plant. And that will decide what you can grow there. So just observe it for a few days and, and see what's there. Most vegetables require full sun. Full sun, sun is more than six hours of sun. And that's not dappled sun, like if you've got a few little sunny spots. That's full sun. And that's vegetables that actually grow fruit. So tomatoes, cucumbers, uh, green beans, anything that has to set a blossom and then grow a fruit. That always takes longer. Now if you're talking spinach or lettuce, all it has to do is put a leaf up and you can pick it and eat it. So that's a lot quicker and it doesn't take as much sun. So one gallon container, you can grow salad greens, radishes, carrots, green onions. You'll see in a lot of places they're, they're selling what they call salad bowls, where they have a bowl-shaped pot and then they have all different kinds of lettuces in there. Buying that is quick, but you can grow your own. Just get the pot and then you can sprinkle the seeds in there and they grow really fast. And you'll save yourself 15 to $20. A two gallon container is good for beans or peas or turnips. Now the beans and the peas, you are gonna want to have a trellis in there, some kind of a tripod or something for them to grow up. And unless you have bush beans, and they also have bush peas. So not all is a vine, but some of it is bush. You have to look at the package really carefully. Uh, five gallon container, peppers, tomatoes, summer squash, and potatoes. Potatoes grow so good in a container on a hot step or on your driveway. If you have a black container and you put the little seed potatoes in there or just get an organic potato from the supermarket, put it in there and you have to put it down at the bottom and then you'll keep adding soil up to the top of the container as your potato grows. And don't worry about covering the leaves, but as you add it at each root nodule on the stem, it'll send out another runner and grow another potato all the way up. So potatoes are really good. Yes? Depends on how many you want to grow. Some people have containers up to four or five feet tall and they have holes in the side and they call it niggling. So you can stick your hands in there and take some of the new potatoes from the bottom as they're growing and then plug the hole back up and it'll keep growing and putting out new potatoes. So yeah, as, as tall as you want it and they'll just keep putting out new root notes. So tomatoes, potatoes, um, I know there's other plants. They have root nodes all along their stem. So if you get a tomato that's really leggy, you know how they get that way at the end of the planting season, 
plant it deep so you only have like that much showing. Take all the leaves off the tomato plant, plant it deep, and you'll get roots all the way along that stem, which will stabilize your tomato plant. Yes? So your potatoes will put out really full bushes, and then they'll flower, and then the flowers will die. And then, depending on the weather, your potato plants themselves will start to die back. So if you want to wait until the very end, and it's some place that you can do it, you wait until the potato plants are dead and then you harvest the potatoes. Because what's happening is all of that energy and food that's in the plant is siphoning back down, like bulbs, back down into the potatoes and making the potatoes bigger. So, I mean, you can do it right away, but you're just gonna get little teeny tiny new potatoes, which is good too. But if you want them big potatoes, then you have to let it die all the way back. Okay. Oh, summer squash. So another one to grow in a container, they have petite zucchini plants. So they're not, I mean, most zucchini plants are huge, but they do have a lot of different seeds that are made for pots. So if you look at the seed package again, you'll see some that are specially made for pots and they have a nice little zucchini plant that doesn't get huge, but produces like crazy. Um, they have patio tomatoes that are determinant potatoes. So potato, or tomatoes. Tomatoes are a vine. They'll just keep going, and you need to prune them back at a certain point so that all of that energy goes into the fruit that's already set. As soon as it outgrows whatever, wherever you have it. If you have it in a six-foot-tall trellis, start cutting it back when it gets to the top. They're vines. No, it won't hurt them. What? Pruning produces growth, yes. Uh, cucumber plants are a little bit different. Uh, you don't want to do too much to them, but you can start cutting off the ends of them or just pinching off the flowers. If you pinch off the flowers that start, then all the energy is going more towards the fruit that's already set. Um, they can be kind of funny, and if you start cutting cucumbers too much, you can get the, oh, it just left my mind. You know how they get kind of white and moldy? Mildew, downy mildew. So if you stress the plant, it's more susceptible to that. If you, there is a uh, site at Michigan State Extension website, and it's mostly for farmers, but it gives them updates as to whether or not something has been seen in Michigan. So if you see something that says, Flint is reporting downy mildew, you can expect it to reach up here in a couple weeks. Um, there's also a downy mildew that, um, affects tomatoes. And if you see tomato issues downstate, you might as well just pull your tomatoes because it's probably going to get it and it's probably towards the end of the season anyway. And you don't want to get it and have it in your 
soil. So if you pull your tomatoes and you compost them while they're still hap happy and healthy, I know you're going to miss the tomatoes, but it's better than getting this introduced into your garden area. So I know it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to cut them. It's hard to prune them. It's hard to, but all of that energy is going to go into the fruit that's already set. And if you get rid of your tomatoes, you're not going to have that virus in your soil and get, have to get rid of your soil and have to not be able to plant tomatoes for a couple of years until it, the nematodes make it all healthy again. Uh, let's see. All about potting soil. So potting soil is definitely not the same thing as the soil in the ground. You know that. I mean, you got clay, you got sand, you got all kinds of stuff. So you want to find a really good potting mix. Um, lightweight is probably good, especially if you're going to be moving your pots. Some people put their pots on a wagon because they don't have six hours, and they kind of move them around to catch the sun. Of course, they're probably not working, and they have nothing else to do with their lives. <laughs> but anyway, um, so find a really good soil. In our area, the best soil that I found and what we use at the community garden is Morgan's composting. What do they call it? Oh, I, I get so flustered. I can't remember stuff. We call it Moo Poo. Um, dairy Dew, that's it. So they have different kinds of Dairy Dew. They have one especially formulated for vegetables. They have one especially formulated for flowers. They have one for seed starting. It's very light and airy, so you can start your seeds in it if you want to do that. And then they have just a general organic garden soil, too. So it all depends on what you need. And there's several places in the area that sell it, but they are up uh, just north of Clare, and their facility is so awesome. It's a great road trip. So I would suggest Morgan's composting. Okay, so a few ways to start your vegetables. You can sow seeds. A lot of the things for a small urban garden, like lettuces, uh, cucumbers, beans, radishes, carrots, those all start really well from seed, and they grow very fast. Look at your seed packet, find out how many days to maturity, pick the quickest one, of course, baby carrots are going to mature much faster than the full-size carrots, and chances are you don't have something deep enough for the full-size carrots anyway. Um, you can start your seedling indoors, which is a whole nother presentation, but you can Google that and, and look at that. You need really good light. So usually light from your window is not going to work, but now they have the LED grow lights that you can plug into any lamp or the strips that you can stick up anywhere. So it's really easy to get those and to start your own seeds. Uh, and direct seed, that's the easiest definitely to do it. Um, so caring for your garden, you need to check it every day. You need to make sure that it gets enough water. All of your pots need to have drainage holes. All of your pots need to have drainage holes. 
Um, you can do it in bags. They make the cloth bags now. You could do that. If you have an old laundry bag, a canvas laundry bag, go ahead and use that. You can make a pot out of anything. Um, kids' rain boots. Um, <laughs> just make sure there's a hole for drainage. You're probably going to want to get something to set it on. Depending on where it's setting, you don't want it to all drain out on, on your patio or your deck. And plus, if you put something underneath of it, then the water drains in there, and the soil can suck it back up as the plant needs it. Um, weed it, watering. Let the soil dry out between waterings. So if it's out on your deck, and we had uh, about two inches of rain the night before, you probably don't need to water until the next morning. It'll probably stay pretty good all, all day. But you need to do that. Stick your finger in there. Is it wet? OK. Um, best vegetables for container gardening, peppers. Uh, hot peppers, sweet peppers, they do really well in containers. Don't put too many things in a container. There's a process called square foot gardening. So if, you're, if your pot is a square foot, then you know how many, you go to the online and find out how many peppers you can plant in a square foot. You have to have really good fresh soil with a lot of nutrients in it. You can use an organic fertilizer, but don't over fertilize. If you have brand new potting soil, don't fertilize, at least until about halfway through the season when the plant might have sucked up all of those nutrients. Uh, beans, especially the bush beans, those are really easy to grow. If you have some kind of a trellis that you could stick in, and that could be as easy as the bamboo poles. Just put three of them, tie them together at the top, and your beans will grow up that. If you want to find some more ideas for growing vertically, look up some ways that they do it in Japan. Because they, they don't have ground. They have balconies, very small balconies. And they'll even grow watermelons, muskmelons. You just have a, to have a really sturdy trellis, and you have to have a support for the melon. So you take like uh, old nylon and you tie it to the trellis so that the melon sits in there like a little baby. Because if you squish that stem, that's where the nutrients are coming from. You squish the stems, it's not getting any nutrients. Uh, salad greens, once again, salad greens are really easy. Leaf lettuce, anything that doesn't make a head, like romaine will head, um, uh, butter, butter. We can't really grow iceberg. I wouldn't want to grow iceberg. It has no nutrients in it. <laughs> it's crunchy. Yes, yes. Um, butterhead lettuce. Yeah, so those make little heads. But if you grow leaf lettuce, you just take the leaves from the outside and it just keeps growing up. If it has too much sun and too much heat, it will bolt. And that means put up a flower stem. Once it does that, eat the flowers and then pull it and eat the, oh yeah, eat the flowers, yes. 
Yes. Broccoli, too. Once you um, cut off the big broccoli, you'll get little broccolettes. And if, say, you go on vacation for a week and you come back and all those little broccolettes have bolted and flowered, eat the flowers. And you can eat the leaves of broccoli, too. It's all a coal crop and it's all edible. It's really good. Uh, tomatoes, right here they say the smaller varieties such as Tiny Tim, I believe that is a determinant. So the vines of tomatoes are indeterminate and a lot of your heirlooms are that, most of your heirlooms, which is tomatoes that have been passed over generations, you know. Um, the determinant tomatoes are hybrids and they're made to stay short. Now the one problem with determinant tomatoes, in my opinion, is that they grow to a certain height, they blossom, they set fruit, and it's all there. Where a vine, you know, they're constantly setting new blossoms, new fruit, so you have an, a lot. Oh gosh, I just did it again. Yes, yes, a continuous season. You know, you have a tomato here and tomato there, and you don't get really sick of them until the end of the season. But the determinants all, all at once. Um, summer squash, which is basically the same as the zucchini. There are some other squash varieties, some small ones that are very easy to grow. And if you look um, Baker Creek, look at their website. Get one of their catalogs. Their catalogs are so good because Baker Creek, they have stories in there about the different types and all the different varieties that they have, all of the heirlooms that they have, where they came from, and tells you so much about the di different individual vegetables. Uh, root vegetables, their radishes, turnips, carrots. Um, you can grow those and it's a lot easier than in the soil because if the carrot's going down, it hits a clump of clay. <laughs> yeah, that's when they do funny things. Yeah. So if you have a, a, nice, a nice container with good soil, you'll have nice straight carrots. And green onions, uh, they're, they're pretty easy too. They're as easy as chives. So chives and green onions, those are all allium family, and they're very easy and quick to grow. And Chives are. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's it. Yep. That's it. And let me see my back at my notes. Let's see if I had anything else to add to this. Okay, so assess your growing space. You need to see sunlight, space, wind. Take into advantage wind, because if you have a lot of wind, you probably don't want to grow something tall on a trellis. If you are in a wind tunnel, if your balcony is in a wind tunnel and it's just going to blow everything over, you want to keep everything short. And choose your pots, um, and that will depend on your balcony or your windowsill. If you want to grow vertically on a trellis, 
And what to grow is your favorite food again. If you, if you don't like uh, eggplant, don't grow eggplant. <laughs> so it might look good, but if you're not going to eat it, then don't bother growing it. Um, okra. Okra is a beautiful plant. It's got beautiful flowers. It's related to hibiscus. And the flowers are absolutely gorgeous. But once again, if you don't like okra, don't grow it. Um, broad beans, beautiful flower, absolutely beautiful flower. But if you don't want to eat broad beans, don't grow it. Uh, lima beans, those are really easy to grow. Um, don't eat them raw. <laughs> they have to be cooked, as with broad beans. Uh, they have a toxin in them, and so you can't eat them raw, uh, a lot of them, or you will not feel well very at all. Yes, edamame, um, that's a fairly small plant. If that's what you want, then go ahead and try that. You know, it's not rocket science. It just takes a little bit of common sense. And if you want to try something, go ahead. I'm not going to say it can't be done, because it probably can be. Sweet potatoes, if you want to grow sweet potatoes, just be aware that sweet potatoes will <laughs> go anywhere they want to. <laughs> and just like the sweet potato vines. So the ones, that, the annual sweet potato vines, they will get potatoes on them. And they might be edible. They probably won't look like the sweet potatoes that you get at the store because they're not made to do that. They're made for their leaves and their flowers. They're not made for produce production. But we have taken up sweet potatoes downtown before and found huge potatoes on the end of them. So it's possible um, to grow soil needs. Uh, don't put too many plants. Look up square foot gardening. Um, you might think you have this big plant and you have this little teeny or big pot, little tiny tomato plant. Still. <laughs> Don't put too many in one because they need all the nutrients in that soil to keep growing. If you put too many pot plants in there, they're competing for the nutrients, and so they won't grow as big as they would have if they were alone in the pot. But you could add, say, uh, if you're growing a tomato plant, um, put some onions around it or put marigolds around it, um, put the tomato and a pepper in the same plot. And those won't necessarily all eat the same nutrients. There, is, um, there are charts called companion planting charts. Certain plants give off certain chemicals. And some plants don't play well together because they all, they give off chemicals that will hurt the other plant or they all want the same nutrients out of the soil. So the companion planting will help you decide what you can plant next to each other. Um, you got to decide if you're going to go seeds or starts. If you're going to go to Lowe's and buy something, just be aware that when you go to some of the big box stores, some places will put growth inhibitors on their plants that aren't supposed to last very long, but just last long enough so that they don't have everything growing out of control before they get sold. 
I have bought things that have stayed the same size, so I know that they have growth inhibitors on them. Uh, if you go to some place uh, out in the country or a good quality nursery, they will not do that, and so your plants will actually grow. So just be careful where you get them. Uh, let's see, water, fertilize, and weed, and then enjoy. So are there any questions that anybody has? Yes? Mildew, downy mildew. Yes. I don't either. I've never had oregano get a downy mildew on it. Where, what is the location you have it at? Does it get a lot of water? Okay. Oregano is from the Mediterranean, and they're very dry. Yes. So. I would try moving it. Um, if it comes back okay, then just know you have to cut it back. And you do want, with oregano or any herbs, once again, pruning promotes growth. So any herb that you have, even if you're not going to use it, you still need to prune it back every once in a while. Yes? Yes, tomatoes and anything that sets a fruit like that needs to have probably at least eight hours of sun. Okay, and then along with basil, too. Is that basil is really finicky. Um, they like to dry out, but they don't like to be too dry. Okay. Don't let your basil well, wilt, but don't keep it in water. It doesn't like too much sun, but then some do. It depends on the type of basil that you have. Okay. Some people have a real knack for growing basil. I don't. <laughs> My basil dies a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just keep moving, keep moving it around. It likes airflow. Yeah. When it's dry, before it starts to wilt. Okay, so we have it dry, but yeah. Yeah, if, if the top of the soil is dry and there's no water sitting in the dish underneath of it, because you have a dish underneath yeah. of it because you have a hole in it, then um, it's dry enough, give it a little bit of water. Yeah. So don't like soak it, but don't like let it get completely dry. Yeah, just sips, sips, <laughs> sips the water. Okay. Um, but like I said, I, I kill stuff, so. <laughs> I have things sitting at my house right now that I thought got a really good drink of water last night with the rain, and I was walking through there on my way out, and I'm like, oh, you're dry, so I need to go home and, and water and the ones that are dry, yeah. Any other questions? 
Can't think of anything? We answered them all. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for coming, and um, I hope you learned something. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation.